0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fan list as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online at Packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack. Underscore Daddy. So there's a little bit of foreshadowing yesterday, if you remember. Um, I discovered how amazing this quarterback thing was, and again, I've done it before. I just didn't go through absolutely everything. And since there's been a little bit of a, a little bit of a thing going on between Packers and Bears fans these last couple weeks, and I, I you know, I think everybody understands that if I think something. That isn't exactly Packer-centric. I'm just going to say it, right? I've said I don't necessarily agree with the hate for ha-ha Clinton Dix. I think he's better than Packer fans are giving him credit for. However, I don't think Packer fan. I, I know Packers fans aren't doing that just because he's a bear. This has been going on since he was a Green Bay Packer, and I'm, you know, in the midst of ha-ha hate, and it's like, well, I mean, yeah, that was pretty bad, but, I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, he's better than Kentrell Bryce, and you'd never know it listening to Packers fans. That's all I'm saying but there are certain things that are getting annoying right and and it's not even the haha and amos debate necessarily because i've said several times i think amos is better but that bears fans suddenly think amos is garbage and haha clinton dicks is great something that they've never felt before just suddenly they've had an awakening it's amazing but beyond that the most shocking thing and and i think the reason that eh, Again, for those of you that listen enough, you know that when I get on something, sometimes I just can't get off it. Because I assume when I do a podcast, it broadcast to the entire world. They hear it, they're convinced, and they be quiet. That doesn't happen, so I just keep smacking this poor guy in his mouth. And I apologize for that, Mr. Mitchell Trubisky, but people keep saying you're good, and it annoys me. I'm sure you're a great person. You're great at personing, you're mediocre at beer drinking, and you're terrible at quarterbacking. And until everybody sees it in that order... I don't know that I can stop. I'll try, but I don't know. But the insistence from Bears fans that he's really good, and, and beyond that, if it was just Bears fans, I'd probably be easier to, to turn the page. But non-Bears fans are saying this as well. Not many. I think most of the quote-unquote reporters that I'm seeing that are saying this turns out they're just vapid, rabid Bears fans. No, I didn't say it wrong the first time. I mean both. But there are still some, and there's Debate. And even if it's not a debate, and people oh, that's crazy, he's not better than Rodgers, but he is quite good. I, yeah, okay. So, I just want to go through it, and I want to go point by point, and we'll point out the good things and the bad things. Whenever we can find good things, I'll be sure to say it. In fact, for all the Bears fans that are listening that want to keep lying, I can tell you right now, and I'll tell you so you can just stop listening, Okay. Week 4, he had a 93.7 grade. Week 10, he had an 88.6 grade. Go find those games, grab your highlights, make a highlight reel, go on Twitter, tell everyone how great he is showing those eight clips, and then, you know, then you'll be a hero to Bears fans and a liar like everyone else that does that on Twitter. So, you're welcome, and enjoy your Monday. So anyways, yes, I intend to spend the entire day doing this. In fact, um, I'm probably going to have to go pretty quick because, as I said, there are lots and lots and lots of pages of this. But let's be thorough. And again, let's be fair. And if it turns out he's very good in more areas than I gave him credit for, then I guess I'm wrong, because I'm doing this blind. I saw like three pages. But anyways, in, um, well, I guess it's all good news. It's all about to be great. Trubisky is going to be savaged. And uh, also, 198 iTunes reviews right now. We are two away. I think by July, we'll be doing our PFF giveaway And I am quite excited about that. So once again, if you want to just help out, jump on uh, iTunes if you have it, on your computer, your phone, whatever, leave a five-star iTunes review, and we can move on forever. If for the remainder of my 50 years doing this podcast I end up with 201 iTunes reviews, so be it. I have pushed and pushed and pushed, and the show has grown basically zero since I've done this, so it was a waste of time, but I appreciate everybody. As I've said from the beginning, I think this this podcast is sort of like a cult classic. You know, like those, like Strange Brew or something, you know, I don't know, Monty Python type movies. They weren't big blockbuster hits, but they've got a big following and a very rabid following. And I kind of like that. Anyways, let's take a break and um, we'll just continue on with uh, kicking Trubisky in the kneecaps. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. So once again, let me, let me preface this by saying a couple things. Number one, as I've said a thousand times, I'm just doing this because Bears fans won't stop saying he's good. I just don't like when people are inaccurate about stuff. I'm, I'm almost as crazy about people saying, well, I might be even more crazy about Packers players. So any Bears fans listening, please understand, this is just my nature. And pray for my wife. Because <laughs> she has to deal with this. Can you imagine trying to have another opinion in my household different than mine? I'm working on it, man. I just, you know... In a way, I'm trying to understand, and I'd be very happy to listen to Bears fans, but please listen to me first and then explain how all this stuff is wrong and Trubisky's awesome. Okay, so number two, as far as a preface, preface, is I have said consistently that Trubisky could become a good quarterback and year three is going to be pretty pivotal, but whether it's year three, four, five, whatever, the bottom line is how good the Bears are is going to largely depend on Trubisky. If, if nothing had changed from last year, I would say 100% is going to depend on Trubisky. At this point, I'm also, if I'm a Bears fan, a little worried about the defensive coordinator situation, changing the defensive scheme, especially my cornerbacks. There's a little bit of fear there. Also, the head coach is going into his next year, which could be a benefit, could also be a downfall as teams begin to understand your scheme and learn to scheme against it. But But the Without question, the biggest component is Mitchell Trubisky. And if he can become a good quarterback, he doesn't even need to become very good, but obviously his upside is very good. If he becomes a good quarterback, we're in trouble. If he becomes a very good quarterback, then we just need to sit back and, and just kick up our feet and understand that the next couple of years are not going to be very fun. Not saying we're necessarily going to lose every time, but it means the Packers are really, really going to need to step it up and our defense is going to need to be top 10. And Aaron Rodgers cannot have any more excuses. He needs to be just elite all day, every day. So I'm not denying that. I'm not even looking at 2019 saying he's going to be garbage. I'm looking at 2018 and also 2017, but primarily 2018, and saying the dude was not good, and he's never been good. So if he has a great year this year, I don't want anybody coming back and going, oh, what happened? What happened is he was garbage last year and he's good this year. You need that explained to you? Anyways, let's, let's get started. Here is the overall summary uh, via PFF. In other words, all the stats I'm going to give essentially summarize this little paragraph. PFF writes, and again, the giveaway that I'm giving you will give you this exact thing. So you can go through and look at all the quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. Trubisky had a volatile year in terms of his decision-making where he forced throws on key downs and in the red zone consistently. Trubisky's game is heavily reliant on whether or not he has a clear picture and grasp of the defense pre-snap as he can execute within the timing and rhythm of the offense with accuracy. This is a big problem. The big problem, and I'm, I'm interjecting here, is his mental processing is trash. If he can see it, he can execute usually pretty well. If he can't, his brain gets all jumbled and he acts like a dum-dum. It's like me when I played Madden back in the day and I was never really very good at it even though I liked it. Sometimes like stuff just gets crazy and you're about to get sacked and you just push X. I, I, I don't know if you ever did that. That's just what I would do. And I'd freak out. And then, I, then after I hit X like seven times, I'd look up and be like, please be open. Because I was literally, not, I don't even know where X is. I didn't even know I pushed X. I just started button smashing. About to get sacked. Just Grr! That's Trubisky. Somebody's coming and he just goes, Grr! and he throws it. And he just hopes there's somebody in that area. That's a problem. Let's continue on. He struggled with teams that disguised their looks or had a complex blitz scheme, which is most in the NFL these days. But he has proven he can make the majority of the throws up the seam and can connect to make big-time throws down the field. His production was excellent, but his play-by-play grading was not, and he is still developing in key areas that will ultimately determine if he can be a perennial top half quarterback in the NFL. The last sentence was key for a lot of reason. Number one, his production was excellent, but his play-by-play was trash. That's my words. Bears fans are looking at production and saying, see, what are you talking about? He was great. Look at his stats compared to his stats, or this guy's stats, or a Rodgers' stats, or blah, blah, blah. Stats don't matter. I mean, production is important, but if you're asking a question, is this person a good quarterback, you have to go beyond production. Right, the whole watch the film thing. The, the biggest line thrown against pro football focus. Hilariously, the same people that say that are the ones that don't watch film and need PFF to explain it to them because they did watch the film. And then, of course, there's the second part of that sentence that says he's still developing, and it will ultimately determine if he can be a perennial top-half quarterback in the NFL, which is exactly what I said. I have not given up the idea that he can be a very good quarterback, nor has pro football focus. He was drafted very high for a reason, and I also said, and I will... Fall on the sword here because I've said it several times. I liked Trubisky in college. I didn't really study him a lot. It was not until like the draft he started going through the quarterbacks and watching, and I remember watching certain plays and thinking, "Oh my goodness, this dude looks like Rodgers." There's one play in particular I forget exactly where it was, but it's just scrambled to the right, and then it's one of those somebody's about to grab him. He spins out, he runs the other direction, he throws like a no look pass across his body to the corner of the end zone and hits it It was like, oh. And then when the Bears drafted him, it's like, oh, no, right? I, I just, I really liked him. High risk, right? High ceiling, low floor kind of guy. Fortunately, he's been hanging out at his floor. But things can get better. But again, let's look at 2018 and at least be honest about what he did last year. That's all I'm talking about. So on a week-by-week basis, and again, 60s for pro football focus is average. Week four, as I said, 93.2. He was the second-highest-graded quarterback in Week 4. To add a little bit of context, would you like to know who the Bears played in Week 4? It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For context, PFF graded the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense as 30th out of 32. Only the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers had worse defenses last year. Now, listen, he had a great game. He annihilated the Buccaneers 48-10. to 10. And yes, I said he annihilated because, listen, he, take his production, take his grade, Take the Bears' overall production. There's no question Mitch Trubisky just picked this team apart. But again, it follows with the context. And that's important to remember for 2019. If you're betting against Mitch Trubisky, against a terrible defense, you're doing something wrong. It's not just that he's bad. It's that he struggles with, with complex NFL defenses, which most defenses have. And by the way, the Buccaneers with their new head coach and their new defensive coordinator, it's probably not going to happen. Right, the defensive coordinator of the Buccaneers is the was the head coach of the Cardinals last year. Last year in Week 3, the Cardinals almost beat the Bears. The Cardinals held the Bears to 16 points, and the Cardinals only got 14. If this was the Buccaneers and Bears, with Bruce Arians as the head coach, I'm thinking, thinking this might be a little bit of a different outcome. Anyways, his next highest graded week was in Week 10. It was the only other really good game, uh, and in Week 10, they played the Detroit Lions. There's no real rhyme or reason that I can think of. Uh, you know, sometimes guys just have good games, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the the, the Lions don't have a good defense, but I'm not going to say that their, you know, defense is, is garbage, right? They went up against worse teams and Trubisky was really bad. He just flat out had a good game. I mean, it was at home, which helps, but again, he's had a lot of home games where he didn't play well. It's just a good game. That's all there is to it. Now, those are the two, you know, really high rated game. Week four, his grade was elite. Week 10, his grade was very good. The only other game that was above average, and it was good, borderline very good, was Week 17 against the Vikings, which, by the way, considering the Vikings don't have a very good defense either, excuse me, what am I talking about? Considering they don't have a bad defense, similar to the Lions, who don't have a, and the Lions don't have a good defense, but the scary trend is bad defenses or NFC North opponents, apparently, but his grade was a 79 in that game. By the way, the Lions game that he played really well in in Week 10, the Bears scored 34 points, Lions 22. Every other game was either average or worse than that. Weeks 8, 11, 15, and 16 were average. Weeks 1, 6, 7, they were below average. In other words, 50s. Then Weeks 2, 3, 9, and 14 were garbage. They were in the 40s. So, for Packers fans who want to rebut that video, head over to uh, Week 3, which, by the way, was against the Arizona Cardinals. Check that game out. Check out Week 9. Bears fans are going to flip out because the Bears won 41-9, to but it is what it is. Go check out those, you know, weeks and go make your rebuttal video of how he's trash. So, that was his season in a nutshell. And again, what I've said is, Bears fans are excited about Trubisky, I believe, because they've seen the flashes. And that's great. And if we're talking upside, if we're talking potential, if we're talking about, you know, doing good things at times, I I don't have any problem agreeing with that, but that's not really what the question is. Is he a good quarterback? I think if you put all of it together instead of just cutting out the parts where he's garbage, you kind of get the fuller picture of him being just kind of a very good quarterback. As I've said, in 2017... Pro Football Focus gave him a 66.4 overall grade, which is average, and he was ranked as the 27th best quarterback in the NFL. In 2018, he had a 63 overall grade and was graded as the 33rd overall quarterback in the NFL. How many teams are there in the NFL? If you're brand new to football, first of all, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you coming to me, and I'd like to help you here. Here's the first lesson. Here's the first thing you need to know. Probably not, but I'm just going to teach you this anyways because it's kind of basic. There are officially, as of today, unless I missed something, 32 teams in the NFL. There is only one quarterback per team that actually starts. On occasion, a quarterback will get hurt or is garbage and gets benched, and a different quarterback will come in, meaning maybe you got about 34, 35 different quarterbacks, um, but typically there's only 32 top quarterbacks, and then guys who are secondary, as in not as good, and you expect your, your quarterback to be in the top 32 because there's 32 teams and 32 starting quarterbacks. So the goal, in my mind, for Mitchell Trubisky isn't to take a step into being an elite quarterback or even a good quarterback, I would say a good goal or his first goal needs to be a starting quarterback. He needs to be good enough to be called a starting quarterback because right now, according to his 2018 grade and rank, he's a very, very good backup. And if he ever decided to give up the starting quarterback stuff and wanted to back up Aaron Rodgers, I would be super jacked about that because there is not a better backup in the NFL than Mitchell Trubisky right now. I mean, 33rd, that makes him the number one backup, right? I'm being kind of mean, but I'm just, again, trying to drill home a point here. The gap between what he did last year and what is being said about him and the fact that he's even being mentioned in the same conversation as Aaron Rodgers. Come on, man. Let's look at a couple other things. These are PFF key metrics. I mentioned before how there's a a full band, and then you got the gray band with a little green line that illustrates the, uh, I guess, NFL average. They have a key here, but it doesn't really make any sense. So I'm just going to operate with with that assumption. The metrics that they have, grade from a clean pocket, grade under pressure, uh, positive grade rate, negative grade rate, big-time throw percentage, turnover-worthy play percentage... Adjusted completion percentage and third down grade. I want to start from best to worst, but I feel like I'm giving away. I feel like I'm giving away the farm and just saying how bad he is. But I, what, we'll just go in order. How about that? His grade from a clean pocket. Now you would almost think, you know, grade from a clean pocket. If he's not being pressured, or he's not doing the button smashing thing. He can process things and diagnose things a little bit. He's probably pretty good in this category, right? Now this is a rank out of 35. Because there are 35 people that qualified as people that played enough snaps to be called a starter. Again, he ranked 33rd. Technically, he's 33rd overall out of 35. His grade from a clean pocket. And I don't know the exact grade. They didn't put it. But I have his rank out of 35. He was 32nd. 32nd out of 35. Now, just to be clear, the midway point here is around 17, right? 17, 18-ish. That would be about dead average. Not a good thing for your quarterback, by the way. If you want to be a good team, you kind of want to be top third at least. Top 10 would be kind of good if you're, if you're trying to be a really good football team. I just want to make sure we're sure because his, his number is about to skyrocket here. Just want to make sure we understand what the midway point is. His grade under pressure, he ranked 22nd out of 35. Bottom half, below average, not good. His positive grade rate. And I think the reason that you do this is because their grading scale is more than, than one. I think it's like out of two. So it's plus one, plus two, 1.5, whatever. I don't know how they do it. But I think this just takes away the multiplier and says, what, at, at, how often are you getting good grades as opposed to bad grades? It's more or less self-explanatory, but positive grade rate. 23rd. Again, below average. Most quarterbacks do good things more often than Mitch Trubisky. Negative grade rate. And this is the real rub here. This is the Jay Cutler comparison where we make fun of how the guy's just a dumb-dumb and makes bad decisions and throws a bunch of picks. His negative grade rate, out of 35, he was 35th. And no, that's not negative-negative, where you want to be higher. He was 35th, as in number one overall, has the least negative grades. Mitch Trubisky had more negative grades than every single quarterback in the NFL, and some of whom who weren't even really starters. Think about all the different quarterbacks that played this year. Josh Rosen is included in this list. Ryan Tannehill. Jameis Winston, who was benched like eight times. Joe Flacco. I'm sure Bears fans are making fun of that guy a lot, right? It's always fun to pile on, ha ha ha, Joe Flacco, he's not even good anymore. He's old. (laughs) He's old. Blake Bortles, which, by the way, is funny because you look at the Jaguars and what they tried to do and how they failed because even though they got really close because of their defense, their quarterback was bad. Guess who's worse? Blake Bortles is on this list. Blake Bortles is very well known for making terrible decisions. Guess who made more terrible decisions? Mitch Trubisky, worst in the NFL at making negative graded plays, making bad decisions. Anyways, his big-time throw percentage, he ranked 22nd, which is a little bit surprising. He's kind of... He does a good job a lot of times with the big throws, and it's just... It's a percentage, so it's more how often he does it, but he doesn't do it as often as maybe I thought or some people might think. Turnover-worthy play percentage, which means we're not just looking at interceptions. We're looking at times in which you threw the ball, and that probably kind of maybe sort of could have should have been picked. He ranked 26th out of 35. Only nine quarterbacks were worse. His adjusted completion percentage, as everybody knows, is terrible. He ranked 30th out of 35. Take away the drops and look at how many times he threw the ball, and it was just a terrible pass, 30th out of 35. Now, this is a bigger problem. They're all big problems. Mental processing is not something that just very easily gets switched on. Neither is accuracy. Accuracy is one of those things that when when somebody doesn't have it, it's kind of scary because it's not very often that all of a sudden they just get it. All of a sudden they're accurate throwers. All of a sudden their mental processing just kicks in. These are kind of big problems. Last is his third downgrade. He graded 22nd. 22nd is the highest he graded in any of these categories. It was his big time throw percentage, his third downgrade, and his grade under pressure. Neither of those grades, or excuse me, his ranks, were high. They're all below average. They're all fairly well below average. Again, 17 is dead average. Well... It's not dead average, but it's average-ish. We'll call it 18 to, to give him a little bit more credit. 18 would be average. He graded 22nd. Now, there's a heat map here. I'm not going to describe this to you because it would be very boring. But if you have this, I would encourage you to check it out because it's very cool. As I mentioned when I talked about this before, the size of these hexagons demonstrates how many times he threw it to that area. And then uh, you know, red is above average, gray is an average grade, and then blue is a below average grade. He throws a lot to the right sideline. Actually, he throws a decent amount to the left sideline as well, but he, he's he's kind of launching it out to the sideline quite a bit. He's not very good at it, though. <laughs> most of his positive grades, and this is probably true of most quarterbacks, but this has been something that I've been saying, is in and around or below 10 yards. When you start getting down to 15, 20 yards down the field, not a lot of red out there. There's also throws by Routree. This doesn't really help or hurt my case at all, but it is very interesting for anybody that's, that wants to know. The the biggest routes that, that he throws to are the go route and the curl route, right? Guys running in a straight line, and then sometimes instead of running in a straight line, they angle back toward the sideline, right? They, they come back. That represented one-third of all his throws, 33%. Now, the go route, you know, I understand it's a harder thing because we're talking about deep passes, but his passer rating is 68.5 on that route. That's not great. It's his second least efficient throw. Now, the curl route, is his passer rating is 91.6. He's actually got some that are pretty high. I would say that the best throw he has, if you look at passer rating as well as how often he does it, maybe his most dangerous throw or the most dangerous route they're running. Excuse me, no, it's not a curl. Is it? What side of the ball is that on? Yeah, it's a curl. Okay. But his most dangerous throw is an out route. 11% of his throws, it's his third, you know, highest volume throw his passer rating is 105.9 so they hit that a lot and and he's he's got a pretty high passer rating for that there's some other ones with super high uh passer ratings he doesn't do it all that often but uh, again this is pretty cool to look at a little bit of information some some passer rating stats and, and pretty much every single one of these he's improved from 2017 to 2018 so these all work in the pro trubisky column His passer rating when clean went from 89 to 100-ish. I'm not going to do the decimal because I want to go faster. Passer rating when there's no blitz, 75 to 95. His passer rating when under pressure went from 48 to 78. He's well above average, uh, by the way. The average in the NFL is 67. His passer rating when blitzed, 81 to 95. The average is 93, so he's above average in that category. His passer rating on third down went from 88 to 92. The NFL average is 87. And his passer rating in the red zone is 81 to 105. NFL average is 96. Now again, bear in mind, passer rating means a lot of things. It's it's sort of a a dual thing between the quarterback, the receiver, and to some degree the coach. High percentage plays, like if you dump the ball off at, in the at the five yard line, and he's able to run the ball in, the quarterback did almost nothing except throw a five inch play, a five inch pass. I'm exaggerating, he's got to throw it further than that, but bottom line is it's it's basically 100% uh, completion rate, and you're relying on the guy to run it, and then you get a completed pass and a touchdown out of it. So it it depends on the play call, it depends on your receiver catching the ball, it depends on your receiver being able to do something after the catch, as well as your blockers out in front to be able to get him into the end zone, all of which gets balled up, and credit is given to the quarterback in his passer rating. The only reason I bring that up is because there is a, a clear Discrepancy between all these passer ratings, which are relatively high, and his grades. Why in the world would his passer rating be so high when he's graded as being low? That's why he throws a lot of high percentage uh, throws. You know, five yards line of scrimmage, and he throws it to his playmakers like Tariq Cohen, guys like that that can make stuff happen after they catch the ball. Something that's really cool. And I tell you what, man, this is incredible. It's 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 kind of useless now now that we have a new offensive scheme, but they actually have a route tree for third down and red zone that's crazy uh time to throw this is kind of i don't know it's it's in line with i guess mechanics not really but it's kind of one of those things where you you want to you have an ideal in your mind as far as how this works and as a coach you want to make sure that they're getting the ball out at a certain time the nfl average in 2018 was 2.7 seconds the ball comes out in 2017 trubisky took 2.75 seconds in 2019 he took two point or excuse me 2018, he took 2.78 seconds. When Trubisky is able to throw the ball in 2 seconds or less, he has a passer rating of 105.3. Again, when you're throwing the ball in under 2 seconds, nobody has the time to even get down the field, so everybody's passer rating is high. The question is, when the play gets extended, what happened? Well, 2.1 to 2.5 seconds, which is still in that range of ideal, 99.1. 2.6 to 3 seconds, it drops to 81.2. And 3 or more seconds, or 3.1 or more seconds, 79.2 is his passer rating. I don't really want to drill into that too much because it's, it's going to look bad, but again, everybody is bad the longer they hold on to the ball. And here's a little bit more context, basically what I was saying. Passer rating based on his depth of target. His ideal range is actually 0 to 9 yards. 45% of his passes, almost half of his passes, came from 0 yards to 9 yards down the field. That seems incredibly high. His passer rating is 110.5. Well, when almost all your passes come in those high percentage areas, and that's a high passer rating area, you're probably going to have a high passer rating when you finish the year. Now, the really weird thing, 18% of his passes came behind the line of scrimmage. His passer rating was 94.7, which I guess it's harder to to get big plays out of it, but I feel like you should have a higher passer rating than that. But anyways, then there's a big drop-off. Between 10 and 19 yards, his passer rating is 77.8. 20 plus yards it's 80.7 and again there's kind of an inverse relationship because the closer to the line of scrimmage you get the less yards you're probably going to have but the more receptions and then as you get further down the field you know 20 plus yards you're probably getting a touchdown but there's also going to be a lot of incompletions but again 45 percent zero to nine yards i don't know maybe that's common maybe that's where most passes in the nfl come from i don't know actually you know what let me just hit you with a couple aaron Rodgers things here considering this is you know a comparison of, you know, how much, you know, who's better, Trubisky or Rodgers. Let me, let me just start with, and I won't go to go through everything, but you remember what I said about his week-to-week grades, right? Aaron Rodgers had one week, one week below 60. One. It was week 17, you know, after the head coach was fired, after the season was officially over, after all that stuff, remember that? As a matter of fact, prior to that week 13 disaster, he'd only had three, three games in which he was even in the average category. Week 2, 84.3, Week 3, 77, Week 4, 76, Week 5, 87, Week 6, 81, uh, Week 8, 85, Week 11, 91, Week 12, 80, Weeks 15, 71, Week 16, 74. Those are all the above average grades. Pretty big difference. And this is in a completely collapsed year in which Aaron Rodgers had an injured knee. The offense is dysfunctional, the head coach is being ridiculous, bum knee, all that stuff. As far as those key metrics, Aaron Rodgers' worst metric is adjusted completion percentage. He was 25th. Other than that, his positive grade rate was 20th. Those are the only grades in which Aaron Rodgers was in the 20s. His next worst grade was his grade from a clean pocket. He graded 14th. That's above average for those keeping score. His next worst negative grade rate, 8th. Big time throw percentage. He was 8th. Third downgrade, 5th in the NFL. His grade went under pressure, second in the NFL. Turnover-worthy play percentage, number one in the NFL. Big difference. Let's play some more of those ranked games, should we, in these accuracy metrics. I'll compare one-to-one with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see which one's Trubisky's better than Rodgers at. So I, I, another thing, on the, there's a visual component to this as well. And essentially, again, and this is why PFF, I really appreciate what they do, because when they're grading quarterbacks, they have a metric that looks at where the ball is toward the receiver? Does it hit him in the numbers? Is it out in front? Is it high? Is it an overthrow? They have, based on where the ball is, it's not just was it accurate, but how accurate. So they have a zone called accurate plus. There's frame, which means you kind of hit him in the right zone. Then there's accurate plus, which is what you'd call right in the numbers, right? It was a perfectly thrown ball. How many, what is his percentage of accurate plus? Mitchell Trubisky, 27th in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers was 12th. What about overall accuracy percentage? How many throws were accurate? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky ranked 30th out of 35 for accurate throws. Aaron Rodgers, 23rd. Not good, but still better than Mitch. Catchable and accurate percentage. So this would be high throws, front, low, or back. In other words, it's not uncatchable, but it wasn't a great throw. Mitch Trubisky was 15th. Aaron Rodgers was 24th. I don't exactly know. It's kind of tough to diagnose. I mean, technically... Mitch is better, right? But we're looking at what percentage of your throws were bad throws but catchable. So if 100% of your passes were an accurate plus for the sake of argument, then you would be ranked 35th in, in, in your catchable, inaccurate percentage, correct? So you know take it, if you want to take that as a win, I guess go for it. And then there's uncatchable percentage, which is behind overthrow in front, or under throw. These are the terms they use, but basically the throw is is in a place where the wide receiver couldn't catch it. Mitch Trubisky is 35th, Aaron Rodgers 25th. Again, not good for either, but Mitch Trubisky is worse. Now, open um, accuracy percentage. So in other words, how many times do you throw an accurate pass to a wide open receiver? Aaron Rodgers was 31st. That's garbage. And that is a problem, and and it's a problem that we've all noticed. Now, not to go all conspiracy theory here, but I remember one other time when this happened, and it was back in the Olivia Mondays. It was a very weird year. Like, why is he missing all these wide-open guys? Suddenly Danica comes along, and look, he's missing all these wide I'm just saying. And yes, Mitch Trubisky was better. He ranked 27th. Again, both trash, but Trubisky was better than Rodgers, because Rodgers was hot garbage in that category. Accuracy percentage when your wide receiver has a step on the guy, right? He's not open, but he's, he's, he's got a step on him. Mitch Trubisky is 25th. Aaron Rodgers ranked 6th. So he's, hate, he's, he's great at hitting those guys who are just got to step on somebody. And then tight coverage accuracy percentage. Aaron Rodgers is 23rd, and Mitch Trubisky is 33rd. One of the worst in the league when there's tight coverage. So if you can jam up and cover the Bears receivers, Mitch is out of the game. Rodgers isn't much better, but still. So there's one metric, maybe two, depending on that weird one, where Mitch is actually better. So congrats. A little bit more context on that. They have, uh, there's a lot of stuff here, they've got him compared to the rest of the NFL and it looks at both accurate and accurate plus throws. In other words, throws that are in the frame and throws that are right in the numbers. Basically, the only category in which Mitch Trubisky is above the NFL average is the wide open receivers um, and it's in the whole frame. Everything else is below average. For Aaron Rodgers, everything is above average with the exception of His, you know, tight in-the-numbers throws in tight coverage, he's below average. In-the-numbers throws when guys are open, and also accurate throws that are in the frame when guys are open. Otherwise, he's above average in every category. As far as Trubisky's accuracy by throw type, he's above average in screen passes, swing passes, and stick passes. Now, for those keeping score, those are very simplistic routes. A screen is a running back that's right in front of you. The swing route is a running back that's just kind of running just slightly away from you, to the side, with very little coverage. The stick route is, you know, largely going to be what? A tight end, running forward for a little bit, and then just kind of moving to the side and standing there. Primarily, he's going to be wide open. Passes in which he is below average are the underneath routes. The NFL average is 79%, and he throws it at 58%. That one is real bad. Uh, What they're calling horizontal lead. I'm not even going to try to figure out that one out. His vertical vertical back shoulder throws, vertical lead, and over-the-shoulder throws. Aaron Rodgers is above average, except for swing passes, screen passes, and the horizontal lead, which is actually really... I mean, I guess every... You know, you can't have an average without someone being ahead or behind. It's just weird that he isn't as good at... Oh, I guess screen passes, we've seen that. That's just... It doesn't work. But again, how do you compare the two? Mitch Trubisky is below average. Aaron Rodgers, even on a really terrible year, is above average for in most categories. This is kind of an interesting thing. I don't know if it's necessarily good or bad, but it's kind of funny. But they actually have what's called look distribution. This is going to be more interesting for Packers fans than anything. But how many times does a quarterback throw to his first read? For Mitch Trubisky, it was 68%. Again, I think a lot of this is by design. Matt Nagy goes in and tries to oversimplify this for, for Trubisky, and Trubisky's playing along just fine. I've designed this play so that you throw to this guy. So what does he do? He gets the ball, he looks at that guy, and he throws to it 68% of the time. Now, the NFL average is 68, so that's above average. Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) how much you want to bet his is below average. The NFL average is 66%. Aaron Rodgers, here's the play. I want you to throw this guy. 59% he throws to him. Not doing it, sorry. Percentage of the time he throws to his next read. The NFL average is 11%. Trubisky throws to him 8% of the time. Aaron Rodgers 12%, so above average. How often does he throw to his checkdown? The NFL average is 6%. Aaron Rodgers 4%. Mitch Trubisky, interestingly enough, 2%. Now, why does he not throw to his checkdown? Dr- I think there's two different there's two reasons I can think of why you don't throw to a checkdown. Number one, you don't want to. Aaron Rodgers. Number two, you don't need to. Mitch Trubisky. Right. The, the, if the first guy's open, there's really no reason to throw to your checkdown. Next up scramble drill oh boy the nfl average is six percent six percent of the time for example your first read isn't there your next read isn't there and you don't throw to your check down so now what do you do you start running nfl average six percent trubisky eight percent so it's above average that he takes off running aaron Rodgers 13 percent more than double more than double that's crazy dude throw to your check down why? Every time. I mean, it's it's cool when it works, but come on, man. And then there's Scheme, which is uh, 10% average. So Scheme, I'm assuming, would be a, a play design in which it's supposed to go to that guy, and that's basically it. Now, the Packers actually do run that quite a bit. You know, if you think about wide receiver screens, where he takes the ball and throws it right to the guy, there's only one thing that he's supposed to be doing. There's one open receiver, and you throw it to him. So the NFL average is 10%. Aaron Rodgers was actually at 11%. Mitch Trubisky was 14%, so quite a bit higher. So there's some other stuff, but it's mostly things that are more appealing if this was a video than if it was a podcast. And again, if you have PFF, um, you need to check this out because there's just a ridiculous amount of information. And this is going to be really fun for next year. Again, I, I, you know, we can do a post-mortem on what happened last year using this for Aaron Rodgers, but hopefully a lot of this is going to change, but it'll be a lot of fun after the season ends when this uh, quarterback report comes out to really dig into this for, for both quarterbacks, right? We want to see what happened with Mitch and we want to kind of be able to get a look, not just at how well Rodgers did, but really digging into, you know, the route tree and, you know, where the improvement or not so much improvement went or whatever. But anyways, look, the bottom line is even when comparing with Aaron Rodgers, you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats, it wasn't very good. I mean, you know, some of it was good, a lot of it was above average, but I mean, you just compare it compare Aaron Rodgers' stats to Aaron Rodgers, it's it's just it's not good enough. But comparing Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubisky is two separate things. Aaron Rodgers even in a down year, even with the, the mess of their offense, even with the the lack of talent at wide receiver, not including Devontae Adams, considering the lack of talent at tight end, the, the mess at, at coaching and, and play calling, the fact that his knee was all messed up, it, it still was an, a year in which Aaron Rodgers was above average in his accuracy and several other metrics. It was a year in which he graded out positively in almost every one of his games. Mitch Trubisky is one of the worst quarterbacks in terms of accuracy and several other metrics. He was graded out negatively, and, and, and again... The, the grades aren't nothing. Everything that I read is what the grades are based on. In, in a sense, the grades are based on um, play-by-play, look at specific criteria. The, the play really is based on production. It's just very, very detailed production. It's not just yards and touchdowns. It's every single throw analyzing the situation based on all this insane criteria. Did you throw to your first read, second read? Who was open? When were they open? Why were they open? When you threw it, you know, how long did it take you to throw it? How accurate was the throw? How far away was the defender? This isn't subjective grading. Again, it's why I defend PFF. Look at this. You want to know how they come up with these random grades? I understand you don't like it when they don't grade things the way that you think that they should be graded. But look at this. This is how they come to those random numbers. All this stuff. And I read you about 15% of all the information. Not even. Maybe 5%. But the bottom line is, I don't know how much more to dig. I don't know how much deeper we can go into this before we realize Trubisky's got some problems. And again, I'm not even trying to say that he's going to be a terror. I'm not trying to play that game. I'm just saying, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm trying to do you a favor. If I'm a Bears fan, I don't want this to be as good as it gets. As a Packer fan, I want. I want. Apparently, we both want Mitchell Trubisky to stay the same, because in your mind, Mitchell Trubisky is already there. He's already the guy. And that's great, and I hope that he stays right where he is because, you know what, he's not the guy, he's garbage. And if he doesn't get better, you guys are making a mistake not drafting a quarterback in the upcoming draft. I know you won't. Ryan Pace isn't going to take that much of a bath. Publicity and everything else. Right? I mean, that, that's that's fireable. If after three years this guy's no good, after everything you gave up. I mean, think how much they gave up for their their one quarterback and their one pass rusher. It's It's insane the amount that they gave up for these two players. Khalil Mack obviously is going to pan out, but that's not really to Ryan Pace's credit as much as everybody wants to give him credit. Everybody can see what Khalil Mack is. Everybody knows what he is. Everybody can pick a a winning horse after the race is over. I want my GM to pick the horse before the race starts. We're going to give Ryan Pace a medal because he picked a horse that already won? Come on, man. You want to judge Ryan Pace, do it based on Trubisky, not Khalil Mack. And based on Trubisky and what he gave up for Trubisky so far, I don't, I don't know when this turned into an anti-Ryan Pace thing, but that guy is just not good. And I know there's a lot of different Bears fans. I mean, listen, Chicago radio is the most negative. I, don't, I haven't listened to it. I don't listen to it, but I'm willing to bet several people on there do not like Mitch Trubisky. They're very, I mean, it's almost like New York media. Very negative, very angry. It's crazy. My best friend is an ex-Bears fan. He's an ex-football fan. He hates Ryan Pace. Hates Mitch Trubisky. Hates everybody, generally. But, he, you know, he likes people that do well, and Ryan Pace and Mitch Trubisky don't fit that criteria. So I don't know who these people are that like Mitch Trubisky or what. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like super fans, right? Super fans see things with rosy glasses, and when you watch Mitch Trubisky and you see 10 really great plays and your mind is very pro-Bears, exciting, I love the Bears, you, you kind of remember those 10 plays and forget the 48 terrible plays. In which case, maybe I should just leave you alone and let you enjoy your life. I don't know. But I I just, I can't when you want to go around and pick fights. Like, just hang out in your house and pretend you live in a fantasy universe, right? Go play Fantasyland by yourself. Don't bring that out into the public. First of all, it's embarrassing. Second of all, you're going to look dumb. Third of all, it's just not the right thing to do. Keep your delusions to yourself. We're not interested. Thank you very much. Because I'm just going to make fun of you. It's like people that like to dress up in diapers and stuff. It's like, look, man, whatever you want to do at home, that's your thing. You come out in public with a diaper and a pacifier and tell me that you're a baby, I'm just going to make fun of you. Because you're weird. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry. That's just how I roll. And right now, Bears fans who like Trubisky are like adults wearing diapers. Alright? Does that make sense? Have I summarized this well enough for you? Bears fans wear diapers. There we go. Summarized. Put that on a t shirt. That reminds me of algebra when you don't know how to do algebra and you start, like, reducing the things down. You come out with this random number that's just way off because you don't actually know how to do the correct process. Bears fans wear diapers, man. I'm excited. That's going to be a thing, I think. Anyways, we're going to end it on that note. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Monday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.